0: Thank you, worship team. You guys think that uh, I mean, while I was sitting there singing that, was like that's what heaven's going to be like. All of us just singing how holy he is. That's going to be awesome. And uh, I felt, did you guys feel the spirit this morning? That's, yeah, it was here for sure. It is here. And we don't have to create that. That's what's awesome is God moves regardless of us. He moves in spite of us sometimes. And uh, thank God for that. So yeah, last week, We talked about Plato and uh, not just about Plato, but being the clay, about God being the potter in our lives, the one who molds us and shapes us, um, slices us, fits us into places we don't want to be, pulls us out of places we don't need to be in, and He he does that for us if we let Him. But He gives us this thing called free will and we can resist that. And when we give up our own desires, our own worldly desires, and let Him be the, the potter that He already is and let Him shape us then we really see who we really are. And the, the we that we try to create for ourselves is nothing compared to who he wants us to be. And we open ourselves up and let him work, um, get out of his way a little bit, um, we'll start to see that. So, um, if you guys saw that, if you guys weren't here last week, we didn't just play with Play-Doh. Thought about bringing some today so we could just have a group Play-Doh making contests, I don't know. Uh, but I didn't. This morning, I kept this notebook. A lady that works at the school in the administration office makes these. And she made me one uh, one year when I had her kid in class. And I've written since, I think it's like 2014 or somewhere in there. Um, when I speak, I usually keep my notes in here. I type them and I stick them in here. This morning, I was telling Meredith that I had my notes ready. And I was flipping to where my notes were. And she goes, those are your notes this morning. Because I was flipping like page after page after page. She was like, oh my gosh, we're not ever going to get out of here. We will. It's only like two pages, so. Um, but a new thought on the on the Plato thing. I didn't say this last week, and I wanted to, and I just forgot about it. I'm not perfect, and it slipped my mind. But when we're in those molds, we're in the routine of life, and we kind of got it figured out. We got our job, or if you're in school, you're, you know you know what grade you're in. You got your classes figured out. We kind of get our routine set. It's really easy to get stuck in that, and not really you know pay attention to where God wants us to move while we're in there. And sometimes. He he wants to pull us out. He wants us to rework um, where we're at a little bit so that we're paying attention to Him and we're living for Him. Because it doesn't matter which one of those molds you're in, He can use you in it. It doesn't matter if you're a teacher or a lawyer or a student or a stay-at-home mom. It doesn't matter what mold you're in in this part of life, whatever season you're in, He wants to use you in that. Um, And we ignore that sometimes. We think of future. Where does God want me later? Where does God want to send me later? But the present is all we really have. So where can God use you now? And sometimes it's time for us to start a new chapter. It's time for us to move into something. And God, is, you know, if we let him start pulling us out, if you guys ever play with play and you're pulling them out of those molds, all the pieces don't just come out clean, right? You've got to kind of pick and get all the little pieces that stick in there out. And when that's us, when we're the clay, that kind of hurts when we're torn out of where we're used to being. But God does that sometimes. He puts us in places that are new for us, and it's going to be a hard transition. But if you let Him pull you out of there and put you where you need to be, then He's going to work in you. So as I've thought about that more and more... um, Let me get a drink. Sorry. Also, side note... um, Angel, is that funny? (laughs) uh, By the way, Carol and Gerald, thank you all for being here this morning. Um, Carol's been... Away from us for a long time. And rehabilitating and God has moved in her. And whenever you're ready to come up and share what you share with me in the hospital that day, we would love to hear it. If that's today, the then that's fine. You come on whenever you're ready. She has a story to share that is awesome. And we may Do you want to do that today later on? Before we leave today? I like putting people on the spot. If you don't, that's fine. Ignore me. I'm just trying not to talk up here the whole time. <laughs> um But God works in us, and our identity has to be established in Him. And any time that we're doing anything on our own, with our own will behind it, our own motivations behind it, if they're not motivated by who He is and who He wants us to be, then we kind of lose sight of everything. And that's where most of us are before we find Christ. We're lost in this world. And uh, we have all these titles, these positions that we put on, and um, they're meaningless if He's not in them. We can do everything that we do in this world and it all be in vain if He's not with us. So if you don't have Him in your life this morning, think on that as, as we speak. But I just want to review the three things I talked about last week before I move on. But with the Play-Doh, I had three little points. If you don't remember those, that's cool. Because I barely remembered them last week when I shared them anyway. Um, but be fresh. No one wants an old, dried out that can't go into another mold. Be flexible. Um, be willing to move where God wants to move you. And be free to be made new, because in the verse that we read last week, um, God will tear us down and then rebuild us back into what He wants us to be. And we don't really like that tearing down part sometimes, but it's important. It's important for Him to to grow us into who we need to be. So I was thinking about identity and identity, um, who we are. I think everybody in this room has probably asked at some point in their life, who am I, really? Um, Is this the life that I need to live? Is this everything God has for me? Um, What's next? You know? Who am I? That's, a, that's the biggest question we can ask. And apart from God, we, go, we can go a lot of weird ways, and none of it really makes sense. Um, but when we find out that we were created for a purpose in Christ, that's when everything starts to come together. And it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what your profession is. It doesn't matter how many kids you have. It doesn't matter if you're married or not. God still created you for a purpose. And that purpose was a relationship with Him. So I started thinking about just titles that I have, positions that I have, how I base my own identity. And you know, I'm a father. So, when I'm at home with my kids, I wear that hat. And I'm a husband. And you, know, you balance those two things. And I'm a teacher. I'm a music leader. I'm an FFA advisor. I'm a treasurer for a couple of different organizations. And all those things are fine and dandy. And that's how you know, life works. And that's how bills get paid. And that's how you know, I have good relationships here in this world. But if God is not with me in any of those things, or if I make my identity only those things, I'm really missing the point. Um, my identity is not a teacher, even though that's a hat that I wear sometimes. And My identity is not just a husband, and it's not just a father. My identity is, is Jesus Christ and who He's making me be, regardless of any of those titles that I have in this world. All those things, one day, this whole world will fade away, and all we'll have is Him. And that's what we're preparing ourselves for now. Not that any of those things are bad. Have kids, have a job, those are great. But have Him with you in those things. And if He's not, you'll be able to, to realize it really quick. Um, at the beginning of the school year, every year, the first Friday of the year, I'm a man of routine sometimes. Um, I do this little activity with my students. If any of you in here have had my class, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but I do the same thing every year. And all, like, the first few years, are like excited, like yeah. And then the seniors are, like, this again? Why do I have to do this again? This is the fifth time I've done this. But every time we do it, it seems like something new comes out of it. And it's really simple. I give them all a blank sheet of paper. And after the first or second year, I figured out that use colored pencils and make sure you use the same box for one class. That way, if someone draws something on this paper they shouldn't have, then you can go back and match the color. So there's my secret, guys. Um, yeah. You got to think about those things. <laughs> so they, they write their name real small in the corner of the piece of paper. And then they draw something, and I give them a time. Usually it's like 10 to 15 seconds. I'm like, I'm going to start a timer, and you draw a picture. Start a story. like Have a vision of what you want it to look like, but then we're going to pass it. And every 10 seconds, they stop, and we pass to the next person. And we go all the way around the room. And when it gets back to them, they have this jumbled up mess that looks nothing like what they started with. And if they're new to my class, this is a surprise, if they've been in my class before, they're already thinking about this. But once they get their paper back and everybody in the room has drawn on it and added to the story they started, they gotta tell me what the story is. They stand in front of the class, and they show me, and sometimes, I try to get them not to do this, but sometimes they're like, there's a the house, And there's a cat over here, and someone drew a stick man and a tree. And I'm like, that's not a story. You're just identifying what's on the page. So they gotta make a story out of that. What's going on? What's that man doing? Why is there a tree there? You know, what is happening in this? And they gotta kind of make it up, because obviously there's gonna be a concoction of all kinds of things on there. And if they don't know that's the end thing, a lot of them just draw a star on everybody's paper. Just adding, it's not really taken away from the story, but it's not really adding to it either. But at the end of, the, at the end of that, I, I break that down to them, that you're a story. You're, your whole story is not just involved with you. You have intentions. You have a, a goal in mind of what you want to be. But then the world affects it. The world comes in. Everybody that you're around adds or takes away from your story. And then may put some things there that you don't want to be there. And it's still there. You can't change it. It's in colored pencil, and you've got to tell me what the story is. You didn't want it to happen. You didn't want that dog to be there but it's there. And you didn't want that tree or star or whatever it is to be there, but it's there. So now what are you gonna do with your story? Where's your identity at? And if the identity is only coming from what everyone else is adding to your piece of paper and not what your goal was to begin with, what your foundation was, then why are you letting everybody else manipulate what your story is? There can still be a story with the dog on the side and the dog can really not be part of the story. So you kind of see where I'm going with that. And we see different things every year. The kid will get up in the front And they'll say, there's a dog there. And somebody in the back will yell, no, it's a cat. I drew a cat. That's not a dog. I drew that. It's a cat. And they'll try to tell you what your story is. And that's what happens in our own lives, too. We get a plan and we get to, you know, this is how, this is where I'm going. I'm going to this college. I'm doing this. And somebody says, whoa, no, no. When I said go to college, I didn't mean go there. You know, like they added that to your story. And they feel like they have ownership of it now. And they can't let go and let it be your own story. And some of your parents in the room were like, don't say that, right? (laughs) I said that for a reason. Um, But people add to our stories. As we pass our paper around that room, people start giggling. They're like, yeah, I'm going to draw this on there now. And I'm like, okay, got to match the pencil. They shouldn't have drawn that. Let's scribble that out. It's high school. It happens, right? Um, And then they go to the office and do their little thing. But people put things into your story that don't really need to be there sometimes. The world changes you not for the glory of Christ, but for whatever kind of pride issue or jealousy issue they have at the time. So if we only find our identity by what the world has put on us or put in our story, then that's not really who we are. That's who everybody in the world that we're around wants us to be. So who are we? So if, if I'm not a teacher only, if I'm not a father only, if not a husband only, then who am I? And we will ask that question continuously until we find out who Jesus is. So my boys... Um, I think everybody has this kind of identity crisis thing. But here lately, they got new boots last week, a couple of pair of new boots. It all started, my mom bought a pair of black cowboy boots. One pair because um, Sharps and Hugo had a sale, they were like $10 a pair. My kids love to wear boots. But they didn't have two pair in the size that they needed, so they bought one with the intention of buying another one later. Well, we got down there to that rodeo last weekend I was telling you about, and we were getting ready to go. And why, Meredith had packed his boots in a backpack but he didn't want the boots to be packed in the backpack. He wanted to hold them. So he got them out of the backpack. And then he was carrying them around the house and then he left them in the floor and we didn't check to make sure they got back in the car. So we got down there and started changing their clothes. We've been down there for a few hours. And getting ready to go to the rodeo, Wyatt didn't have his boots. Caleb did. So if you know my kids at all, that's a tragedy because we're going to a rodeo and you can't go to a rodeo if you don't have boots and your brother does, so what are we gonna do? So to fix the situation, Mom brings out the new boots that she had bought. Problem with that is, those are new boots. <laughs> Caleb's got old boots. So now they're fighting over who's gonna wear the new ones. We made this deal with them about who's gonna wear the new ones that night. Wyatt had forgot his boots, so he'd wear the old ones. It was his fault, he shouldn't take them out of the backpack. So Caleb got to wear them at the rodeo. And the next morning, they wore them to church, they, and they switched. You saw them. you had to hear about the old boots and the new boots. <laughs> and Regina was in the nursery hearing all about these <laughs> boots, right? And. Uh, <laughs> so Monday I went and bought them two pair of brown boots that they don't really match But they're both their new boots. So they have these new boots that they're wearing today. They're excited about that But before uh, like yesterday we went to uh, The track over there by the baseball field. We used to like a little workout with them We ran a little bit did some push-ups and they were they were doing some good push-ups It was pretty fun to watch, but we we're getting ready to go and Wyatt wanted to wear his boots and uh, Or no, we went to town to feed. We did something. Wyatt was wearing his boots and jeans. I was wearing shoes and shorts. Caleb was wearing shoes and shorts. And Meredith was wearing shoes and shorts. We got out of the truck and Wyatt looks at me and he stands right by me and puts his foot by mine and goes, but dad, you're not wearing boots like me. No one's wearing boots like me. I'm like, it's okay. You can be the only one that wears boots. But they have a real issue with that. They want If, if someone is not matching them, whether it's their brother or me or their mom, someone's not wearing something that's either the same color or same boots or something, they kind of lose it for a little bit. They're like, I have to match somebody. And they find their identity based on the people around them. They want to look like the people around them. When they go to my dad's, my dad wears a cowboy hat and boots every day. And that's what they're going to wear when they go down there. If we go to CrossFit, they want to wear their CrossFit shoes and shorts because everyone's going to wear. And that's kind of human nature. And we kind of grow out of that as a kid. We kind of see, you know, our, we find our own place. But we find our identity by external things. You know, looking like the people that you're going to be around is a big thing. And I don't think you ever grow out of that. You know, if I go to a national convention or state convention and I forget a tie or something, I'm going to go buy another one because I'll be the only one there that's not wearing one. That's just what you do. You fit into the crowd that you're going to be with. But we find our identity in that stuff too much, and it's not really based in Christ. So with my boys, um, the kind of identity crisis thing, I hope that we're teaching them that it's okay to be the only one that's wearing whatever you're wearing. That's not a big deal. Who you are is not what you're wearing. Your identity is not external things. It's not what the world looks like. It's, what, it's who's in your heart. It's who you know. So um, I was doing this kind of identity research thing in the Bible. And if you guys have the Bible app on your phone, there's a lot of good devotion stuff on there. Some of it's kind of vague. Some of it I don't care for. That's um, just personal preference. But I found this one this morning that was really good. It's called Living Changed Identity Devotional. And the devotional part on day one is what I read. And I wrote it down in here because I'm using my phone the live feed, and that was a predicament, so I wrote that down. So I'm going to have to go take that down. But I'm just going to read it to you. You guys listen to this, um, and I'll go back and um, focus on what really spoke to me. The identity is defined as the qualities and beliefs that distinguish a person. It sounds simple, but our identity is the core of who we are. Everything we do and say stems from our confidence in who we believe we are or are not. Decisions are made and actions are taken, because of where we place our identity. Bottom line, who we identify ourselves as affects every area of our lives. When God created our identity, He fashioned it to be constant and unchanging. He designed it this way so that we could walk in freedom and confidence, knowing that even though we sin and continually mess up, we are forever loved, useful, and powerful because of His Spirit in us. No one and nothing can take away our God-given identity, but it is up to us to accept or reject it. If we choose to reject his truth for whatever reason, we're left defining our identity by things like experiences, opinions, people, bank accounts, and even abilities. We become desperate souls seeking to be somebody, but always falling short of feeling secure and strong. The sooner we realize that all we want and need is in Christ, the sooner we can live the lives we have been seeking. And I mean, that's just, that sums it all up right there when we base our experiences about how much money we have or what position we have, who our wife is, what our kids are acting like at the time, when we base our identity around things that we really can't control, um, things that will eventually go away, then it's gonna be a temporary identity. And at some point in our lives, we're gonna realize it really isn't who we are. So we gotta put our identity, base our identity, in the only one who does not change. It's my favorite part about that thing, all of it's good, but it says everything we do and say stems from our confidence in who we believe we are or are not. Read it one more time. Everything we do and say stems from our confidence in who we believe we are or are not. So everything in our life is determined by who we think we are, who we believe we really are, or who we believe we aren't, and the confidence that comes in that. If we're not confident in our faith, if we're not confident of who Christ is, we're going to have a really difficult time stepping in and living a life for him and sharing who he is with people that don't know. If we're not confident in being a teacher in the classroom, we're not going to last very long. Because if you can't go in there knowing, you know, what your basic lesson plan idea is going to be, how to make, you know, behavior issue changes in the classroom, if you don't know those things, if you're not confident in yourself to do those things, then your identity can't really be in a teacher. Um, Same thing with the parent. If you're not confident in what you're doing um, as a parent, or at, with the advice you've been given, the best that you can do. I don't think I'm confident all the time being a parent. Um, but if you're not confident at the time in what you're doing, then you know, you're really not parenting to your full potential. And it goes the other way. If we're not doing certain, certain things because of a lack of confidence, it's usually because we haven't found our true identity yet. And I promise everyone in this room, no matter who you are or what you do, um, where you live, what color your skin is, whatever, um, God has created you solely for a relationship with Him. And what your life looks like in this world is going to be different for everybody. What job you have is going to be different for everybody. We have to find our identity in Him and not in the positions or titles that we hold in this world. So I'm going to read um, John 10, 7 through 11. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Um, There's a few verses we're going to stick with. So where does this confidence thing come from? Where does this identity come from? Who does God say... That we are, And I have several verses I'm going to read in a minute that kind of summarizes that up. But this one's a little obscure one that kind of talks about who we are in a parable form that Jesus was great at. Um, But in John 10, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So in that parable, Jesus is the shepherd. He is our shepherd. And we are his flock. We are his sheep. And he's saying that he will protect us. He's the gate. He's the one who lets us in and out. So our way, our identity is only based, the sheep. If you guys have ever been around sheep at all, um, I have been just as an ag teacher, they're hilariously um, stupid animals, and they uh, follow the flock no matter what. Um, I think Mark shared a story one time of all of them somewhere in Europe. They all ran off a cliff, and they just kept going because the first one went. And we were, we were like that. We were like, well, yeah, we're not like that, but we are as people. We get set into whatever the trend is. We follow along with the group. Um, we don't really see the end result of what that looks like if we're not really set in our identity of who we are in Christ. We're looking for our identity in the world. We'll follow wherever the world goes to get that. And we're always going to realize that it's not there. Jesus is our shepherd. The sheep have to follow the shepherd. He says these ones came before um, these thieves, and they just came to steal, kill, and destroy. There'll be other people coming in, posing as the shepherd, um, trying to steal you away from the flock. It's the way the world is. that's the way Satan works. But you have to know who your shepherd is, because he's the only one that can really work the gate and put you in a safe place. So... God tells us there we His sheep. He's the shepherd. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave them the right to become children of God. 1 Corinthians 6.17. This is not a Bible drill. You don't have to turn to all this. Um, 1 Corinthians 6.17, But whoever is united with the Lord is one with Him in spirit. Romans 6.6, 6, For we know that our old self was crucified with Him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. First Peter 2 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of the darkness and into the wonderful light. So our identity has to be based in Christ. And until it is, until we find out who Christ is and what he's done for us, we're wandering around this world kind of aimless, lost. And we see that over and over again in Scripture. Our identity, we were created by a creator for a purpose. Every single person in this world. And until we we step into that truth and let God shape us into who he wants us to be and kind of lay down that old self, lay all the stuff that the world is at, like the sheet of paper I was talking about, all the things that the world will put in your life and that people will put in your life, look past all that into what God has, has made for you and find God in every story. God will use all that stuff to glorify himself if we let him. But our identity cannot come from any place but Christ. Um, we've got a few minutes left. I want to share a song with you this morning. Um, not only just because I miss playing. <laughs> but I've been listening to a song a while. Lindsay actually sent this to me like six, seven months ago. And said, hey, learn this song and sing it at church. And I haven't. Um, but I was listening to it a lot this week. We sang it at church camp. And it speaks exactly to what we're talking about here. Our identity, our identity being in Christ. He has made us to be who he says that we are. He's the creator. It's not up to us to decide what our purpose is. He's already made that up for us. He's made that decision for us. We just have to accept the truth of it. And if we accept anything else but the truth, we're living a lie, because our identity has to be founded in him. Somebody use Tyler's guitar because it's a tailor and it's nice. <clears throat> and Crystal has the words to this. I'm not gonna <coughs> sing this as like a, I'm lowering this, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to sing this as a special song I want us to sing it, sing it as a congregation some of you know it um, Who You Say I am by Hillsong. And as you sing it this morning think about are the choices that you're making are the decisions that you're making day to day reflecting your identity in Christ Are they reflecting your identity? Can I kill this one? Are they reflecting your identity? that the world has put on you? Are you found in the world that works for you? Like we said last week, we'll find a mold that works for us. We always do that. Whatever's easy. This works. I know how to do it. I am a teacher. Nothing else, right? And that works for us because we get stuck and we know how to do it. We've done it so many years and that's easy. Um, Is God using you in that? And if He's not, why isn't He? Because He will if you let Him. So you have to get to a place where you're looking for ways that God can use you no matter where you are, no matter what position you have in this world, our identity has to come from him. Crystal, you got it up. If you guys want to stand up, stand up? want to sit, sit. Um, but we are who he says we are.
1: Last, He has ransomed me. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, He died for me. Who the Son sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of. Yes, I am. In my father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. child of God, yes I am. Who the sun sets free, who oh, is free indeed? I'm a child of God, yes I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for I'm a child of God, yes I am. I'm a child
0: of God, yes I am. God has made you special. God has made you for a relationship with Him. And when we live in the identity that He has established us to have, in a working relationship with who He is all the time, no matter where we are in life, um, no matter how dark or how ugly the picture is the world tries to put on us, He will always make it bright. He will always make it work out. And there's freedom that comes in that. We can live free, of. even though there's consequences to the decisions we make in this world, even though this world's not always pleasant. We talked about that last week and the week before, how the, the glass is half full and half, half empty. But if God is with you, um, you can live in the truth of being His creation. He still loves you. He still has a purpose for you. No matter how dark the world gets, He's our source of light. So, um, you guys have a good week. I'm going to pray for us, and you're dismissed. And, uh, Carol, did you think about it? You will? Okay. And Carol's going to share a great testimony with us in just a minute. Lord, we come today just thanking you for the identity that you've given us. God, thank you for dying on a cross for our sin god for giving us grace when we don't deserve it and god thank you that when we finally accept the truth of who you are um, god no matter what our past looks like god you redeem us you heal us and you set us free from the consequence that comes with our sin god let us not fall into the mistake of thinking that once we know you that we'll be sinless but god let us live constantly in, rede- in a, a repentant heart for you so that even though we sin, even though we continue to mess up, God, we are not our source of our identity. God, you are. God, we, if we continue to point people to you and continue to cling to you, God, and continue to strive to live for you, God, you have a place for us. Thank you for making us who you say we are. It's in your name we pray. Amen.